you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Let's just rewind quickly what did we already learn in this series. We began by learning how God is for us. Then we learned about the gift of the person of Jesus. Then we went on to learn about God's mighty weapons. And if you remember, one of the weapons that is mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6 is the mighty weapons of prayer. Now we are going to go back into prayer uh, today and uh, this is going to be from a different perspective but we'll uh, learn that in a few minutes. Um, the next we learned about keeping the devil disarmed, not giving the enemy any chance or room for uh, having a foothold in our life. Then we learned about experiencing victory in death, um, how Jesus' death was uh, buying us victory was buying us overcoming power over all the target of the enemy and then we learned about the resurrection conquest now there's several things that Jesus won for us through his death but with the resurrection he purchased it for us he sealed that victory for once and for all there are several people that have died for their countries that have died for their families that have died for their friends but nobody in all of history has been so powerful enough to break the chains of death and be resurrected and the last week that we studied was the power of the right hand of God how Jesus is seated at the right hand of God and what are the benefits that we enjoy because Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Now we are going to continue to study the same scripture. We have not finished Romans chapter 8 and verse 34. We will continue to study that scripture. Let's read it together. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So it says that this Jesus, he died, he rose again, he's seated at the right hand of God. And what is he doing there? He is now interceding for us over there at the right hand of God. Now, there are several theologies and teachings that say that Jesus has finished the work on the cross. Now, there is nothing left to be done. And, and of course, there is a lot of value to it because Jesus cried out on the cross saying, it is finished. The painful, agonizing work of dying for our sins, the penalty that needed to be paid for our sins, that was completely accomplished on the cross. And yet, Jesus is not enjoying his vacation in heaven. He is still working for us. According to this scripture, it says that he is still seated at the right hand of the Father. And what is he doing? He is interceding for us. He is praying for us. He is standing in the gap for us. You know, usually uh, people write to us asking us for prayer, asking us to stand in the gap for their family and to stand in the gap for their uh, job or their marriage or their finances. And, and we do that. We have a team that prays extensively for every prayer that comes in and every prayer request that we receive. And still, the greatest prayer warrior, the greatest intercessor that any Christian can ever, ever have is the person of Jesus. Because he is seated at the place of honor at God's right hand. He is the one who has the place of highest honor. Now, now it's more, more like this. If you want a favor from the prime minister of a nation and you know somebody in your municipality and you try to use that influence, it may work for you to a certain extent. Let's say that you know one of the cabinet ministers or you know somebody who is seated in the same room as the prime minister himself. 
you know that as much as this guy in the municipality can help me, that person who is seated along with my prime minister can help me better, can help me more. And that is how, how powerful the position of Jesus is. And the Bible says that he is indeed seated there and he is indeed interceding for the church. He's interceding for you and for me from that place of honor at God's right hand. Now that's the uh, concept that we're going to study today and I've titled this morning's word as the intercessor. The intercessor that makes our victory possible. The intercessor that fights for us, that has not stopped fighting for us. The intercessor that is still advocating for us. The intercessor who is still interceding, who is still mediating, who is still praying for us. You know, this morning, instead of beginning with a verse, I'd like to begin with a quote of uh, Winston Churchill. I don't know how many of you know this person. He was the Prime Minister of Britain during the days of the Second World War. And uh, if you know the story of the Second World War, you know that Hitler and uh, all the forces that joined Germany like Italy and Japan they were advancing very ferociously and trying to capture a lot of these capitalist nations. Hitler had a strategy called Blitzkrieg by which he had captured almost all of Europe. He, France had surrendered and so many other nations in Europe had surrendered to Germany and now Hitler was headed towards Great Britain. And that's when Winston Churchill made a statement and he was talking specifically about the Royal Air Force. And he said it like this, it says, this is a comment that he made in a public speech on 20th August 1940. He said, never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few. He says, never was so much owed by so many to so few. Uh, and he was talking about the Royal Air Force, the British Air Force that was fighting against these German troops that were coming in uh, to capture Britain, that was coming in to, uh, you know, take occupation of Britain. And it was because of this Royal Air Force and it was not a lot of people, it was a few of them that went out and they exercised uh, a superiority in the air on behalf of Britain, which made sure that Britain still has their sovereignty and that they did not lose out on their nation like the other uh, European nations did. And Churchill said, hey, I know that so many of us owe our lives and owe our freedom and owe our, uh, you know, victory to these few people that were in the air fighting for us. And I believe, and I believe, and I believe this morning that every victory that we experience here on the earth, every victory that we can experience here on the earth is possible because of this one person called Jesus who is seated at the right hand of the Father and he is interceding for us, he is fighting for us, he is mediating for us, he is the one who is having air superiority, he is in a place of highest honor and from there he is terrorizing our enemies. He's fighting for us right from there, even today. Now, let me start reading some scriptures. We are going to begin uh, from this prophetic book from Isaiah chapter 53. This is where we hear about what Jesus would accomplish for us on the cross. And he says in Isaiah 53 verse 12, I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and he interceded for these rebels. What did he do? 
he bore the sins of many we studied that in detail when we spoke about the death on the cross he did not just bear the sins of many it says he interceded for these rebels that he had died for so jesus after he uh, bore the sins of the whole world he went to sit at the right hand of the father and there what is he doing he is still interceding for people like you and me who are still continuing to rebel against his voice in our life. Now, see, the others, the rest of the people in the world, I wouldn't necessarily term them as rebels because they are uh, ignorant. They are blinded by the God of this world. That's what Apostle Paul says. But you and I who have a revelation of Jesus, who have a relationship with God, when we go against his word, when we go against the principles that he has set in place, we are the ones who are rebels. And the Bible says that because he has been given the honor of a victorious soldier and he exposed himself to death and that he was counted among the rebels too once upon a time on the cross and that he bore the sins of many, it says now he is interceding for rebels like you and me. Now, you know, Apostle John, when he was teaching, when he was writing to um, the church in 1 John, he, he says, hey, you know what? God is faithful enough to forgive all of our sin. Let's read that scripture. This is 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. And then he says, my dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. You know, the whole scripture is written to us not so that we have a leeway to sin but so that we will not sin apostle john is not writing to us saying hey god will forgive all of your sins so you can do whatever you like you can live however you want you can sin how much ever you want and don't worry about the the consequences don't worry he says no 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 that is not why i'm writing all these things to you i'm writing these things to you so that you will not sin so that you will stop sinning so that you will give up your old way of life so that you can you can you can say goodbye to your yesterday and and embark on this new journey that god has called you a journey of holiness a journey of purity a journey of righteousness and yet and yet let's let's read the next line this is where um, hope arises this is where god is giving you uh, a chance for restoration and it says but if anyone does sin this is what you need to remember we have an advocate who pleads our case before the father now john says the purpose of my writing this letter to you is so that you do not sin but let us say for whatever reason for whatever circumstances you are in you end up sinning i don't want you to give up still because he says we still have an advocate we still have an intercessor we still have a mediator we still have somebody who is going to plead our case before the father who is this person? Who is this advocate? It says he is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. My dear friends, let me remind you this morning that you have a chance for restoration. You have a hope for restoration. No matter how wild your life has been in this last one week, no matter how crazy your, uh, your sins may be, no matter how uh, difficult your rebellion may be, it may look very difficult on the outside for God to forgive. But the Bible says that we still have an advocate in heaven who can plead our case before the Father. Now, if you've known advocates, this is the one thing that is necessary when it comes to advocates. Your, your lawyer or your advocate need to know the whole truth. If you don't give them the whole truth, then they cannot fight for you. If you do not have a close relationship with your lawyer, and if you don't trust your lawyer, and if your lawyer doesn't trust you, 
then you cannot really have a good case before the court. And that is why it is necessary, my dear friends, in this season, no matter how much we struggle, no matter how difficult your days have been, no matter how challenging your season has been, you have to continue to go to Jesus and open up your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, this is why I did what I did. And I need you to help me once again. I need you to help me to not fall into this sin next time. I need you to give me the strength to overcome this addiction, to overcome this habit of speaking like this and to overcome that temper issue and overcome that relationship challenge. Give me the ability because he is still seated at the right hand of the Father. He is still fighting your case. He still wants you to be victorious and he's still working on your behalf. That's what the Bible says. Let's read further from Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 23. The Bible says, there were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Now, the job of interceding or the job of uh, being an advocate that Jesus is fulfilling for us in the, uh, the right hand of the Father, the job of standing in the gap, it is not something new and only present in the New Testament. It was available even in the Old Testament. But there were priests who were appointed for that task, for that job. Priests who were of the family line of Aaron, uh, who were appointed uh, to make sure to stand before God and intercede on behalf of the people. They would take the prayer requests of the people before God and they would bring the voice of God. They would bring the direction that God is giving to the people after hearing from God. Now, the Bible says that these priests in the Old Testament, they, they, there were many priests in the Old Testament because each and every one of them, they died after a particular season. And the reason they died was because of sin. We learned this in a couple of weeks back, how sin causes every person to die. Everybody dies because of the reality of sin. But Jesus, the Bible says, but Jesus, because he lives forever, because he has overcome this uh, last enemy called death, Jesus, his priesthood, it lasts forever. Isn't that good news for us? That our lawyer, our advocate, the person that is fighting our case for us in heaven, he will never give up. He will never have to give up. He will never stop fighting that case. And the Bible says in the next verse, verse 25, it says, therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. So, so it says, because Jesus lives forever, he is able to save us. Wherever you're watching this video from, let me give you this hope. You may think that you cannot be saved. You may think that your situation cannot be redeemed. You may think that there is no more uh, second chances for uh, all that you have done. But let me tell you what the Bible says. It says he is able not just once, but forever to save those who come to God through Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 25, and he says, Now he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Can we read that out once again? It says he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Come on, read it out once again. I want this truth to go deep into your spirit. Jesus lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. On whose behalf? On the behalf of those who came to him to receive that salvation, to receive that power that will save them. Jesus lives forever to intercede for them. Can you believe this? The Bible says the whole purpose for Jesus to be alive forever is so that he can intercede for you, so that he can fight your case, so that he can plead for you. Now, last Sunday, last time we learned from this series, we learned something very interesting. We learned how Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father for the benefit of the church. Do you remember that scripture from Ephesians chapter 1 and 2? We, we learned how Jesus is seated 
for our benefit. He is seated at the place of highest honor for the benefit of the church, for your benefit and for my benefit. And here it says that he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf, on your behalf and on my behalf. This is why our victory is guaranteed. Because we have somebody praying for us. You know, every ministry uh, that has a great intercession team, every ministry that has a great prayer team, every uh, organization that bathes itself in and its vision and its goals and everything in prayer, man, that is going to be a successful organization. You know, uh, just yesterday we got off a call with school that our children go to. You know, they organize this monthly prayer where the staff and the parents of the kids, they all pray together. And they used to meet together in person in the school. And uh, because of all the guidelines for social distancing and lockdown, they did a call over the Zoom. And, and they were sharing testimonies of how the School has seen so many breakthroughs, so many answers of things that we prayed for. Why? Because parents and teachers, they've been coming together to pray towards the goals of the school. Now, if human beings that are sinful, that are not awesome, that, are, that don't have all the right way and language of praying, if they can pray for you and you can experience victory, how much more victory can you experience if you have somebody like Jesus, the most perfect intercessor, praying for you? Never again should you say that I don't have anybody praying for me. I don't have anybody watching out for me. I don't have anybody who's looking out for me. I don't have anybody who's got my back. You know, all, you know these famous uh, pastors and you know, all these leaders, they have all the church praying for them, but I have nobody praying for me. Guess what? You have the best intercessor on planet Earth. You have the best intercessor in heaven who is praying on your behalf right now, who is advocating for you, who is a lawyer fighting and pleading your case before the Father and saying, it's not time yet. I will not let him die. I will not let him perish. I will stand in the gap for my son and for my daughter. Let's proceed further. It says in verse 26, it says, He is the kind of high priest uh, that we need because he is holy and blameless and unstained by sin. All other high priests or all other lawyers, that, you know, the, the so-called lawyers and advocates and mediators that we see on this, uh, in this world that are around us, sometimes they are guilty of greater uh, crimes than the criminal himself or the criminal herself. And yet the Bible says we need the kind of high priest that Jesus is because he is the only person who is holy. He's the only person who is blameless when it comes to this particular issue. And he's the only person who is unstained by sin. So this morning, I, I'm inviting you to, to lay down your sin, to bring your sin to the feet of this Jesus, to bring your brokenness, to bring your failures, your moral failures, your emotional failures, your, your uh, failures in finances, you know, sometimes it's not just a sin of uh, uh, commission. It's not the things you've, you've done that, that is making you feel guilty. It's probably the things that you have not done. It's the orders or the commandments that you have not followed that has uh, been making you feel guilty. So whatever they may be, can I encourage you to just come to Jesus because he is the kind of high priest that we need and he is holy, he is blameless and he is unstained by every kind of sin. And it says that he has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. This Jesus, because he, he died for us, because he uh, rose again and because he has been given this place of honor in this highest place of honor in in God's right hand in heaven and because he has been set apart from sinners we can go to him he is perfectly qualified to intercede for us the Bible says it says in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6 but now Jesus our high priest has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. Now this 
work that Jesus is doing at the right hand of the Father, it is a ministry. Just like your pastor has a ministry. Just like the prophets in your churches have a ministry. Just like the prayer warriors in your church have a ministry. Just like the worship leaders in the church have a ministry. Just like the ones that give and serve and pray and are hospitable to people and teach and uh, administer, do all the background work and all the media team. How all of them have a ministry in the same way Jesus has a ministry and the ministry of Jesus it says it is far superior to every other ministry it is far superior than everything in the old priesthood and and it, this is what he does for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises it doesn't say he mediated as in past tense, that he finished the job, it says he mediates. It's a present continuous form, a present continuous tense that he is still mediating. He mediates for us a better covenant with God based on better promises. Let me tell you this morning, my friend, my brother, my sister, my son, my daughter, my dear family, wherever you are, there are better promises in store for you. Promises that you've never heard, promises that you've never imagined, things that you have not even thought about, things that you've not even asked the Lord for, things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. That is what he has prepared for you and that is what he's mediating for you. It says that he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. For this is the covenant. Let's read verse 10. It says, but this is the new covenant that I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people and they will not need to teach their neighbors nor will they need to teach their relatives saying you should know the Lord for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. Isn't this amazing? It says this is the new covenant that Jesus is fighting for us. Jesus is mediating for us. And Jesus is pleading with the Father to make sure this becomes our reality. First thing, he says he will write his laws upon our minds and he will write them on our hearts. You know, in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about how Moses went on to the mountain with two stone tablets that he had chiseled out. And God, he wrote on those stone tablets. He wrote the Ten Commandments with his finger. He wrote them on the two stone tablets. And those two stone tablets were kept in the Ark of the Covenant for everybody to go and read and be reminded. Now, the fact of the matter is that as the Ark got uh, misplaced and as so many people uh, lost the value for the presence of God and lost the value for the written laws and the written uh, scrolls, you would see this in the Old Testament how many times the scrolls will be found by these kings and then suddenly they will realize there are so many things that we are not obeying. But Jesus says, hey guys, I know that the scrolls, the scriptures, the Bible has its own importance, but I'm going to do a better thing for you. I am going to put my laws in your minds. I'm going to write them on your hearts so that you will never be able to forget them. Nobody will need to come and push you or teach you or keep on telling you again and again and again that you need to do this and you should not do that and you should go here and you should not go there and you should give this and nobody would need to keep pressurizing you about this anymore because I will write my laws upon your heart and upon your mind. It goes on to say that everybody from the least to the greatest will know the Lord because nobody will need to teach them. Everybody will know the Lord. Now let me make this statement out here. The greatest foundation for your victory, the greatest basis for your victory, the greatest key that you need to walk in victory, the greatest uh, 
path that you need to experience what we are studying in this series to become more than a conqueror is the knowledge of God because they that know their God they will resist the enemy and they will do great exploits it says in Daniel 11 verse 32 it doesn't say that they that know a lot of theology it doesn't say they that know a lot of scriptures memorized it says they that know their God they will do great exploits and they will resist every work of the enemy now this morning I'm inviting you into that place of receiving this Jesus as your intercessor as the one who is standing in the gap for you as the one who is praying for you because when he does pray for you when he places his hand upon you my 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 you will have fresh knowledge of God you will know the Lord nobody would have to push you to know the Lord anymore and that knowledge of God will help you to walk in victory that knowledge of God will make you more than a conqueror. Let's read further in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. It says, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins that is why because he offered himself as a perfect sacrifice for our sins that is why he is the one who mediates now a new covenant between God and people now what is this new covenant that he is mediating it says so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance that God has promised them I want you to understand what I am talking about we began by saying how if you the, the whole scripture is written so that you will not sin but if you do sin don't worry you have an advocate in heaven and what is this advocate doing for you we read this in Hebrews chapter 7 how this advocate is uh, advocating uh, for you and interceding on your behalf and he is uh, able to do this on a consistent basis because he's alive forever and he lives forever to intercede on your behalf and he is unstained by all types of sin in Hebrews chapter 8 we learned about how he is interceding for us with better promises now in Hebrews chapter 9 we we hear about this advocate this intercessor and what is he doing he is interceding to make sure that we receive the eternal inheritance for which we are called that we who are called let's read that again okay verse 15 says so that all of us who are called can receive the eternal inheritance that God has promised them so in other words this Jesus he is not just fighting so that you can know him he is not just fighting so that you can overcome sin he is also fighting he is also pleading the case he is also standing the gap so that you can ultimately make it to heaven you can ultimately experience and you can ultimately receive the eternal inheritance for that is kept for you in heaven and he's going to continue fighting for you he's going to continue praying for you this morning by any chance if you have any doubt of whether you will make it to heaven or not let me tell you this let me give you this assurance that you have this Jesus who is fighting for you you have this Jesus who is pleading your case for you you have this Jesus who is praying for you and because you have this Jesus he is going to make sure to let you experience your eternal inheritance you know there's one scripture that I love 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 and I love to go back and pray is is Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 it says I am certain that God who began the good work within you he will continue this work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns so if you think that you know you are beyond hope this morning if you think that you are beyond reach for God's love this morning may this verse encourage you because it says that because you have a high priest because you have a mediator because you have an advocate 
you will be able to experience this eternal inheritance you will be able to reach the finishing line this one person this jesus who began this good work in you you know that it was not the pastor that preached the gospel to you that began that good work in you do you know that it was not the church that brought you to that experience of meeting jesus that began that good work it was jesus who began that good work of your salvation in you and what will he do he will continue that good work he will continue to work on you he will continue to work on your heart till that work is finally finished and how does he do that he does that by praying for us at the right hand of the father he does that by interceding for us at the right hand of the father and several times when the father looks on us uh, it may look like we have no more fruit it may look like times up to uproot this tree and the bible says how jesus gave us this parable of how this manager of the vineyard he will come and see when he sees that there is no fruit and he wants to uh, you know uproot everything the keeper of the vineyard he will come and request the manager he will come and request the owner of the vineyard saying give me one more season let me try something else give me one more chance and that is what jesus is doing for us you know the father may be saying it's i i don't see any hope you know the devil may be arguing against you the devil may be fighting against you saying hey this guy there is absolutely no hope for him even his parents don't believe in him even his church doesn't believe in him there is nobody who thinks that he can really make it to the end and even at that stage the bible says jesus he is going to be fighting for you he is going to be standing he's going to be continuing to work on you he's going to be continuing to pray for you he's going to continue to speak a good word on your behalf to the father to make sure that the work that has begun in you will come to completion now i want to take your attention to this one long prayer that jesus prayed for his disciples and all those that will be saved because of his disciples he prayed this high priestly prayer right when he was on the earth in john chapter 17 and it was a long prayer and it's something that we should memorize and we should use in our times of prayer and we should use that to pray for other people that we are leading into the lord and yet there is something that we can pray this morning and i want to encourage all of you to pray along with me this morning wherever you are and i know that all of us need a portion of god's touch you know we may just need that one prayer or we may just need that one touch and that one touch is enough that one prayer is enough to elevate us from where we are currently to where we ought to be you know the bible talks about how jesus told peter and jesus said hey peter satan has asked to sift you like wheat but i have prayed that your faith shall not fail and guess what Jesus prayed for Peter and Peter's faith did not fail. I mean, this guy literally betrayed Jesus 3 times. He literally denied that he knows Jesus. Above and beyond that he began to curse. And and before whom? It is not even the high priest or Pilate or the King Herod who was questioning him. It was a young girl, a young guy who before whom Peter could can, couldn't stand his ground. And the Bible says but that Jesus prayed for Peter. And that one prayer that Jesus prayed for Peter was enough to give him the courage, was enough to give him the grace, was enough to give him the strength required to revive his faith and this morning jesus is praying for us in this morning jesus is praying for you my dear friend this morning jesus is is declaring and showing off his heart of love for you and for me so what we're going to do is we're going to pick up about five prayers from john chapter 17 that we read about and we are going to pray that over ourselves and we're going to say a yes and an amen you know i know that we are all watching 
at our homes and through our cell phones and, and through our televisions. But however you can, whatever you can do to just get up off of your seats and, and just begin to walk around your house or walk around your living room. If you're gathering in a house church, just hold the hands of the person sitting or standing next to you and, and let's pray these prayers over ourselves and let's believe God's touch to come upon us. Some of us may be in that situation like Peter was, where our faith may fail. Some of us may be in that situation where we want to give up, where we see no more hope, where we see no more uh, second chances coming about in our life. But this morning, as we receive these prayers that Jesus prayed for the disciples, I believe that fresh courage and strength will come upon your life and my life, wherever we are. So are you ready? Here is the first prayer that Jesus prayed. He said in John chapter 17 and verse 11, he said, protect them by the power of your name. Protect them. He is praying for the protection of the disciples. He goes on to say in verse 15, he says, and keep them safe from the evil one. So I, if, you, if you can just disconnect from everything else, we are going to receive this protection over our lives. We're going to receive this protection over our faith. We're going to receive this protection over our families, over our finances, over our health, over every virus that is trying to attack us and trying to take away our uh, peace and our security. We are going to release this prayer that Jesus prayed for us. Are you ready? Come on. Let's just lift up our voices and let's just pray together. Father, this was your will for us. This was the will of Jesus for us that we will be protected by the power of your name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous, they run to it and they are safe. They are saved. And this morning, wherever we are, we pray and we declare that you will protect us by the power of your name. Because this is a prayer that you prayed for the disciples, we believe this is a prayer that you are praying in heaven for us right now. And we say a yes and an amen along with you, God. We say a yes and an amen along with you, Jesus. We say a yes and an amen along with your declaration over our lives. We believe that we will be kept safe from the evil one in this season of our life. We receive that protection over our lives. We receive that, that safety over everything that we have and everything that belongs to us. Are you ready for the next thing that we're going to pray? This is in John chapter 17 and verse 11. The Bible says, Jesus is praying, he says, so that they will be united just as we are. He goes on to say in verse 21, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. And verse 22, he says, may they experience such perfect unity. Now, are you ready to pray for unity among ourselves? Are you ready to pray for unity among our family members, among our churches, between churches, between pastors, between leaders, between brothers and sisters? Let's pray for unity. Let's pray that in the name of Jesus, we will experience the unity that Jesus prayed for. You should remember, this is not a prayer that we are praying. This is a prayer that Jesus already prayed and he's continuing to pray for us in heaven. And we are only agreeing with him. We are coming in agreement with what Jesus already prayed for us. Are you ready? One, two, three. Let's pray. Father, wherever we are, we just agree together on this one thing. That as a church, we will be united like never before. And that we will be united the way that the Father and the Son are united. And that we will experience that oneness, Lord. And that we will experience that perfect unity that you have ordained for us. No more of backbiting. No more of hurting each other. No more of withdrawing from each other. No more of isolation from each other. Lord, we will learn to bear with each other's faults. We will learn to forgive each other. We will learn to uh, give each other another chance and another opportunity to, to, to be restored. I pray right now for every married person that is tuned in this morning. I pray that perfect unity be released and restored back into the marriages. That there shall be no more 
discouragement that will keep your children away from their spouses, that will keep them away from their children, that will keep them away from their parents. May the unity that is prayed for for us in John chapter 17 may it be released for us right now from heaven may we experience victory in our relationships right now Lord because you prayed for us because you prayed this thrice in this chapter we believe that this is an important prayer for us to receive from and we receive victory we receive a conquering spirit even in our relationships in Jesus mighty name we release unity into our homes we release unity in our church we release oneness among all of the churches that are aligned with us right now wherever they are tuned in from wherever they are watching us from we receive that unity of the spirit thank you holy spirit thank you holy spirit come on let's pray for the third thing john chapter 17 and verse 17 the bible says make them holy by your truth so this is the third thing that we're going to pray lord make us holy by your truth because jesus prayed this we are going to echo that and say lord may this next one week may we live lives that are devoid of sin that is devoid of any worldliness, that are devoid of any adulteration. May we live pure, holy lives. Make us holy this week by your truth. Are you ready? Come on, let's pray together. One, two, three, go. Father, we thank you for this prayer that is recorded. Lord, we thank you for praying for us when you were here on the earth. And we agree with this prayer and we believe that you are making us holy by your truth this morning. Wherever we are listening from, wherever your people are receiving this truth from we know that you are purifying us you're making us holy you're renewing our thoughts and you're renewing our attitude and you're renewing everything that is that is wrong and bad and evil about us you're making us holy by your truth and we receive that holiness in our lives we receive that purity in our lives right now right now holy spirit Thank you, Lord, for addictions are breaking. Thank you, Lord, for uh, unwanted conversations are leaving. Thank you, Lord, for things that we could not resist till now. There is a supernatural grace to resist in the season that is ahead of us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for you are making your bride holy and pure in this season. In Jesus' name, we declare that word. Are you ready for the fourth prayer? Jesus prayed again in John chapter 17 and verse 17. He said, Teach them your word, which is truth. So this is the prayer we are going to pray for the next uh, one week. And we are going to believe that the Lord will teach us. You remember that scripture that says that he is mediating a new covenant for us and nobody will have to teach anybody, each other. Let's pray that God will teach us to know him, to know him uh, uh, personally this week may we be exposed to the word of God may the Holy Spirit teach us you know what we do on Sunday morning here uh, with this uh, whole sermon coming this is not uh, supposed to be our sustenance our sustenance is supposed to be on a daily basis it says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God not from the mouth of your pastor but from the mouth of God so may this week be filled with divine inspirations may you be taught by God himself over this next one week may your heart may your spirit remain receptive to fresh revelations come on pray with me right now for the next two minutes father we thank you because jesus prayed that you would teach us your word which is the truth and and i pray lord for everybody that is tuned in with us right now this morning and i pray that they will be taught your word wherever they are they will be taught your truth and wherever they are they will be receptive to your revelations to your understanding that truth will be closer to them will be more real to them in this next one week unlike ever ever before we thank you lord because it is possible because jesus prayed for us and and is still praying for us to experience that knowledge of god and it is that knowledge of god which is going to help us to walk in overcoming and we release that grace to receive fresh truth from your presence may this next one week 
may we see several posts on WhatsApp, on social media, everywhere that your children are vocal and present that they have received a word from God and may they release that word to their friends and to their families and to their uh, relatives, Lord, in Jesus' name. May they receive this truth. May they be taught by you and may they teach others because they have received from you. In Jesus' name we pray and we agree together. Are you ready for the last and the final prayer for this morning? Jesus prayed and he said this in John chapter 17 and verse 24. What did he say? He said, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. In other words, Jesus prayed that you and I will make it to heaven, that you and I will experience eternal life. You and I will not lose our eternity. So Jesus basically prayed that it doesn't matter how many times they fall, that they will rise back up. It doesn't matter how many times they lose their purity, they will be purified once again. It doesn't matter whatever happens to cause them to stumble, that they will be with me where I am in my father's house. So are you ready to pray this along with Jesus? We are not praying for unbelievers this morning. We are just praying for believers. We are praying for the church. We are praying for the bride and we are praying for children of God. And we are praying, Lord, this morning, wherever we are, may we experience the seriousness of this salvation that you've given us. And may we experience the joy of this salvation. And no matter how many times we have fallen, give us the grace to stand back up. Lord, restore the joy of this salvation. Restore the joy of this salvation. Come on, agree with me together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all of your children that has lost that assurance that they will ever even make it to heaven. Lord, but according to your word, because Jesus prayed for this, we are going to pray for this too. And we are going to believe that your children are going to experience that victory and they are going to make it to heaven. May dreams of heaven flood your children this week like never before. May hope of restoration be restored back right now in Jesus' name. And may your children have grace to rise back up from wherever they have fallen, wherever they have given up their walk with God, wherever they have stopped their relationship with you, may they have the grace to stand back up. And thank you, Lord, for this morning's word. And we thank you, Lord, for you are standing and seating at the right hand of the Father. And what you're doing there is so precious to us. That is the ministry that is above every other ministry. Because from that place of honor and glory and strength, you're praying for us. You're advocating for us. You're pleading our case and you're fighting our battles. You are the one person that we will owe everything to because you are giving us uh, a superiority in the air realm that from above, from, from things that we don't even know are coming to attack us. You are freeing us. You are fighting for us. And you are you're speaking to us. You are showing us those things, God, because you are our perfect intercessor. And we thank you for your bringing us better promises. And we thank you for you are going to take us to experience that eternal inheritance. And we thank you, Lord, because according to your word, you will be an eternal mediator for us. You are a priest that will last forever and forever and forever. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for we are a more than conquerors through the fact that you are a mediator for us at the right hand of the Father. We love you and in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, and amen. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website, dreamingrevival.com.